Welcome to the Strong Talk Podcast with Tom Rini and myself, Pete Nelson. The aim of the podcast is to share our candid and uncensored conversations on all things fitness, health, business, and leadership. Through these conversations, we hope you take away a couple things to enhance your life and simply be better. Welcome to the talk. Well, I started off my morning by falling into a storm drain. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? Um, How? This morning I got up, went about my run, and I'm coming out of the valley, and I'm on Detroit Road, and I started visualizing like what it would, what it's gonna be like at mile seventy and eighty. And as soon as I start, as soon as I started visualizing, I, I tripped right over this curb and legitimately rolled right into the storm drain. And uh, I was like, wow. I mean, that's one way to start off a morning. That we got back is. up and kept going. And luckily, I mean, it was early in the morning, so nobody saw. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good way to start it off. There is nothing worse than like when uh, you're like, okay, this is it. I'm going to start. I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start running every day. And not this ever happened to me. But and then like you go out on your very first run, your very first day, and you roll your ankle. Yeah. And you're like, son of a bitch. And then you just go home and then you have pancakes and you know call it and then all of a sudden like you see it happen all the time like if somebody goes down that route where it's like hey i've, I've done all of, i've done all of my you know prep work i'm ready to go i'm going to start this you know training cycle and day one like you're saying that happens and they're like all right well i'll just wait a week and i'll go the next monday and then something else happens and they'll, then they'll go the next why monday. why is it do you suppose whenever like anybody wants to start like a new anything right yeah. like i'm going to start working out i'm going to start reading why do they always wait till monday that's a great question, and right? it's and it's something uh, that I've I've almost was going to uh, make a couple posts about this. There has to be some sort of psychological term that that people use uh, to say like, "Hey, instead of just starting right now, I'm going to wait until Monday, or right? I'm going to wait until tomorrow morning, or I'm going to wait, you know, and delay this, yeah, or whatever, whatever it's, it's going to be." It, it, and maybe it's just because Monday kind of signifies the start of the week, a new beginning, all that type of stuff. Right. But like. It's like the worst thing you can do is wait. Yeah, and and I would I would even I would even piggyback off that and say that your delay of let's say you know you think that you're gonna you know on Wednesday you say that you're gonna start on Monday. Well, that's the difference of five yeah. days. And you think about I mean we know the difference between like physiologically, you know if if you hammer you know alcohol and bad food and you're not training like the damage that your cells are taking over those five days four days before Monday starts, I mean, you're talking about p digging yourself out of a massive hole. Yeah. A, a massive hole. Right, because that's what happens, right? They're like, okay, well, then I'm going to get all my cheat foods in and I'm right. going to, you know, just lay around and do nothing. And you're right. And then, right. And then all of a sudden, you're you're four days behind where you could be. Because it's amazing how much progress you can make in three or four days, right? And well, I think I think that when you, when you look at it from a macro level, three to four days doesn't seem that long. But three to four days, when you think about it, is, um, you know, I guess you could say the, uh, the product of 400 to 500 small decisions. You know yeah. what I mean? And those small decisions of you saying, like, I'm going to start right now. Like, for example, um, this, is, this is why cheat meals get a bad rap is that it's not necessarily a cheat meal. A cheat meal usually turns into a cheat day and then cheat day turns into two cheat days. Um, it's a good sign when somebody could be like, hey, I'm going to give myself the clearance tonight to go. Let, let's say you go to Famous Dave's. Tom Rini loves Famous oh, Dave's. man. He loves Famous man, Dave's. Man, how? But 
a good sign of your resiliency as an athlete and to your commitment to what whatever your goals are is what's happening right after that. I'm not saying for you to pop onto a foam roller after a dinner, but what I'm you know what what's happening with your next meal you know subsequently thereafter. Well, I mean, not to to go off on a tangent again, but like like I did the last episode, but um, there is a lot of evidence to your point about like a postprandial meal, like after you have a cheat meal or a big meal like that to get out and do some movement yeah. will actually help with digestion, help get everything back into balance yeah. much quicker than if you eat a big meal and then sit on your ass and do nothing. Right, right. right. So you're you're so right. The, the biggest thing is understanding that, yes, you're human. We have to be able to find balance, you know, given sometimes to like what your, what your cravings are. But and I, I guess we could say broadly right now we're talking about nutrition because I think that, that, that that's what's most bastardized about it is that people want to start their diet on a Monday or start their diet on whatever day is most convenient to them. But in actuality, I think our nutrition is what uh, at the end of the day could be fixed right away. And we all have and we all have the means to be able to to create a change right now. We don't have to wait till Monday where we have access to a gym. Well, the beauty, the beautiful thing about it is that you could go to the grocery store right now. Obviously, if you're in the middle of work, I get it. But you could go to the grocery store after work or before work and get some solid choice meals if if your you know pantry and whatnot's loaded with stuff that you know you're going to give into. Um, but it's it's as simple as just saying like, hey, if I'm trying to make a change, the change doesn't need to happen a week from now, two weeks from now. It needs to start happening now. And that small decision, like I was saying before, like the three, you know. We make so many decisions every day unconsciously mm-hmm. of saying, hey, am I going to eat this or am I going to eat that? Am I going to go left or am I going to go right? Am I going to wake up now or am I going to press the snooze button? Like those are the things that, you know, compound. And if you if you start, you know, giving in too much to those things, you'll notice that it starts impacting your train, training and nutrition. And all of a sudden, you know, that's what the Monday I'd say, I'd say it affects way past training and nutrition, right? Yeah. It affects mindset. It affects your ability to interact with people. It affects your ability to listen to people. Right. Um, it affects your ability to be productive on a daily basis. I mean, if you, I mean, yeah, if you eat, like, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you have Snickers and a Coke and then uh, you have Subway for lunch and, you know, it's going to dramatically negatively impact your just general function throughout the course of the day versus if you're getting good fuel in. Right. Um, and I think the biggest thing is the psychology of all of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, there's so much that goes into these shitty foods, these highly processed foods and the impact it has on your psychology. Right. Right. And your mental ability. I mean, it, it, it will uh, create a systematic uh, function in your brain that has you craving more and more and more mm-hmm. of the shit. And that's a tough, tough cycle for a lot of people to break. Um, but I think, I think, like you said, uh, if we wait a couple of days to get going, we just keep making that cycle. We keep reinforcing that cycle. Like, all right, I'm going to, and it's like, this is the way I think about it when I'm like, all right, it's, you know, Friday night. I ate like shit. Okay. Well, it's the weekend. So I'm just going to keep it going. And then Monday I'm going to get back eating clean again. And in my mind, it's always like, do you really need another cheeseburger? Like you've right. had a thousand cheeseburgers or a hundred thousand cheeseburgers, whatever in your life. Like, do right. you really like, is that really the cheeseburger, yeah. right? Yeah. Or is it the psychological impact that the cheeseburger has? And then it's like, because it's it's this, the impact it has on you hormonally and psychologically is this idea where it's like, there's a reason why you can hammer a family-sized bag of Skittles, right, unconsciously, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. all these chemicals are being released in your brain and they're saying, you know, they're being released and other ones are being blocked. 
telling yeah. you, hey, you're not full, and God damn, this shit tastes so good. Let's just keep shoveling it in, right? Versus if we have good nourishing food, right? The opposite happens, right? Our, our brain tells our body that we're full. We don't need any more. We got the nutrients, and let's go about our day. Right. right. But as soon as you open that cycle of processed, high sugar uh, foods, man, it just ends up being the spiral. But I, I always tell myself, I'm like, man, like, do I need another cheeseburger? Or like, do right. I need another? In my life, in 45 years on this earth, I've eaten millions, Jimmy, literally millions <laughs> of Skittles. <laughs> right. In the tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions. Like, do I really need a, a bag of Skittles right now? Right. Right? Like, what am I... Because I will tell you, the thing that will make change, that will change your life more than anything else, and we can we can argue about this, and I'm sure people would disagree with me, the thing that will change your life more than anything, more than exercise, more than meditation, more than sleep, is nutrition. Mm -hmm. What you put in your body, how you fuel your body. Right. And um, I guess that when you're talking about all this, a lot of it comes back to you setting up your day with a specific routine, you know, it, the, the way, the way I view it is that yes, your sleep, your nutrition, your training is important. But when, when we delve into those and we, we give into those temptations, it pulls us out of the routine quite a bit. And you'll notice that like earlier in the day, some people, you know, that they didn't hit their, their exact routine or maybe they, maybe they don't. And all of a sudden, because they don't have their routine, it's like there's this inconsistency. So it's they're able to give in to temptation, or they don't know what they value in terms of their uh, in terms of their nutrition. And when I view it, you know, for, for for me, you just hit the nail on the head there. Uh, if, for me, I have a very specific routine, and I, I guess I learned this a little bit from you, and I I study a, quite a bit of you know. Uh, I guess you could say high level, uh, you know, business people, you know, leaders and not just the health and wellness industry, but kind of all over. And every single one of these people have a solid routine and they've been doing it for years. And it, there, there's, it's not, you know, they're, they're not, I guess you could say reinventing the wheel. It's just, they've been doing the same thing day in and day out. And that's how they've made progress. And I think that people want the instant gratification of it all. But again, going back to like the topic of, you know, giving into temptation and waiting until Monday, if you if you develop a routine and you just start it, you know, now or the next like literally the next morning, you could set yourself up for some awesome success if it's something that's sustainable and it's something you believe in. Because like you're saying, the psychological effect is huge. Oh, because if you don't if you don't believe in what you're doing or don't trust like trust in the process of it or the effects of it, you're not going to sustain it long term or and it's not going to have the same effects on your body. Right, you know, and, and that's something that you know I've been reading. That, that I guess that's a whole other podcast is a psychological part of of the beliefs of nutrition and training and their adaptations on the body. But I again, the morning routine's huge. Morning routine's huge. Do you have a morning routine that you have? Uh, I used to. Okay. Uh, I'm not. I haven't been as. And the reason being is because I used to have this very elaborate, as you can imagine, morning routine. Um, get up, uh, I would read, I'd meditate, soft tissue work, cold water, red light, like the whole thing. Yeah. But what I find is that those are my, like those early morning hours that I would do all this type of stuff would affect my daily productivity, right? Like I would feel great, but then by the time I got into the office and did what I needed to do, I felt like I was pressured to get stuff done. Yeah. So now my morning routine is literally I get up, I have coffee, I meditate, and then I get right to work. Okay. 
Um, so I start hammering out work and I'll put in like from like 5.30 to like, to 5.30 to like nine, I'll just get, just grind. Yeah. And I feel like I am super productive. There's no distractions. There's right. no BS. So, um, and, but I will say that the trade-off has been, I don't think my headspace on a daily basis has been as good. Okay. Uh, in the sense that I, I just don't feel as calm and relaxed and is, 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 it's not as easy for me to handle uh, stressful situations maybe. Okay. But the flip side of knowing that I'm getting stuff done in a timely manner that needs to get done also helps my headspace. So it, it's a bit of a trade-off. Right. Are you, are you able to follow that similar schedule on the weekends? Or do you find yourself deviating a little bit from it? Oh, I deviate from it for sure. Okay. But it's still part of my routine. Like I know Saturday, this is my routine. Um, Sunday is the day where it's kind of, it all goes to shit depending upon, you know, but again, if I have stuff, I know I have to get accomplished on, on Sunday. I'll generally try and get up and get early. The biggest thing that's helped me is my wake up time never changes. Right. So yeah. So like your circadian rhythm is in check. You know. You know. You know when to fall asleep and when to wake up, and that's like giving you the sleep consistency. Right. So that's that's the easiest way for people who uh, were night owls or have a hard time. Like the easiest way to fix that is like my wake up time is the same no matter what. Right. Right. Eventually, if you're getting up at five thirty a.m. every morning, your bedtime's going to get you know earlier and earlier, so you don't feel like garbage. Right. So right. that's that's what I tell people when they're like, "Oh, I just can't have. I can't go to sleep. I have a hard time falling asleep, or I stay up really late." Like, man, make yourself get up at 5.30 a.m. every morning, yeah. and I promise you, even if psychologically or mentally you're not ready to go to bed at 9 o'clock at night or 9.30, your body eventually is going to go, hey, homie, it's time yeah. to shut it down. Right. Um, It'll adapt. But, yeah, so, I mean, but I think my routine is kind of like my week is mapped out. Right. right? And you I know have a plan. Same. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's, that's, that's uh, it took a long time for me to, to kind of get to that. The other, the other thing, and I know – it's everybody talks about at this point is putting my stupid phone down. Um, and like in the mornings, like, and it is for, I don't know, whatever reason, it is a massive fight every single morning. Fighting my phone is like fighting Tyson every morning. Right. I get out of bed. Of course, it's my alarm clock, which I know it shouldn't be. I, and I, first thing I do is grab it and check my email right start scrolling instagram and i'm like and i literally every morning i have this argument inside my head i sit down with my cup of coffee yeah. i have 800 books i want to go through i have 800 emails i got to respond to <laughs> i have 800 programs i need and for whatever reason i just pull up my phone right and i start scrolling and i'm like ah shit and then i do I the same thing literally have yeah. to put the phone down and i've gotten to the point now where i have to i have to i 100 have to because if it's sitting next to me i'll look at it I have to put it in the kitchen yeah. where it's not buying. This podcast is powered by Black Flag Athletics, home of Black Flag Fitness, Black Flag Compete, and Black Flag Remote Programming. Everything and anything you would want for your fitness needs, Black Flag is the place for it. You can check us out, find any information you want at blackflagfam.com. That's blackflagfam.com. I got to a point now where Paige sets her alarm on her phone for me. So my phone's completely out of the room because there's nothing in, you know, to me, I, my relationship with Paige is the most important thing to me and whether or not she's listening to this, I'm not, I'm not going for bounty points. I promise. Wow. Uh, uh, I, I, Melanie, I, you're very important to me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. But, um, that time, you know, when you wake up now, granted, she's still sleeping. Like when that alarm goes off, um, just keeping that phone away has been so Dude, that's important. That's a shade move. She sets your alarm. 
So well, it wakes yeah. her up and you gotta <laughs> yeah. walk her out of the bed. Well, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. But I, I purposely keep my phone out of out of my bedroom. We have a hatch alarm. Have you ever heard of the hatch alarm? Uh no. So the the hatch alarm is this awesome alarm. Uh it's that that's on the side of your bed that it lights up in the middle of uh, you know, when when it's time for you to wake up. So it kind of first starts off with no audio. It just starts to wake you up. So, like, you get that light exposure okay. at first yeah, thing in the yeah, morning, sure. and then you know you could set it to whatever sound you want it to. If if you don't wake up to that, um, and that's been like an easy way for us to be able to, you know, at least for me to wake up in the morning without the need for me to check my email and whatnot. But I use my phone for data tracking in the morning, like on, on my uh, early morning runs, and sometimes you know, like whether I'm throwing on a podcast or not, I'll unconsciously do the same thing. Email, Instagram, Facebook, check up on any like you know messages, uh, check my schedule for the day, and quite often, I mean, I don't need to check any of that until maybe like seven o'clock or, or you know some, but you know to, to your point, having a plan, you know, going back to what you were saying, like having a plan for the week, whether or not you know your morning routine is the exact same thing every single day, just knowing that you know Monday through Friday you're you're in the clear. And then Saturday, which in my opinion, you know, people start this real bad downward spiral starting on Friday nights. Yeah. And Friday night leads to Saturday morning brunch and Saturday morning brunch leads to, you know, Saturday night drinking. And then, I, you know, we see it all the time. Uh, if somebody comes in and they're like, well, I had a, you know, a hell of a weekend, had, you know, and uh, it's tough because, you know, you, you, they make such great progress during the week and then it, it only takes a day to reverse all the physiological and cellular effects. Oh yeah. Because we do so much we do oh, yeah. we do so much damage to ourselves uh within, you know, one to two days. If if you know if we're heavy boozing, uh, we're getting a bunch of like, you know, <laughs> a bunch of fried food in, in the diet, uh it, it it does not help. For me, from a uh, a morning perspective, what I've what I've been doing, I'll wake up and I'll first start off by heading downstairs in the kitchen and I'll make a pre workout uh smoothie or shake. And right now it's very carbohydrate dense. I'll drink about three quarters of this prior to training and then a quarter after. So I'll get 125 grams of carbohydrate in and about 50 grams of protein and a pinch of Himalayan sea salt or uh, element. I'll drink back three quarters of it. Quick uh, morning, you know, three, four minute warm up, uh, And then I'll get right off to my run. A lot of my runs right now are like zone two pace because I'm training for this 100 miler. And all that pacing is supposed to be, you know, at least for me, I'm trying to keep everything underneath around like 150 beats a minute and lower. Um, so that way it's sustainable. It's what, what I'm going to be seeing on race day. Are you wearing a heart rate monitor? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm at, I've honestly been um, using my iWatch, which has given me within like everything I kind of need it, needed to. I did just get a heart rate strap. So I'm looking forward to seeing like how the differences are between the two and the deviation. Afterwards, I'll hit uh, my soft tissue work. Uh, and then from there, I'll slug back the rest of my smoothie, shower, uh, make Paige and I breakfast. And then on the way to work, part of my routine is, and this is something that I've never done. And it's weird for me to even say it out loud, but uh, I've, I'm actually on day 52 of reading the Bible. And so I've been listening to like different excerpts on the, on the way to work. And then when I get to work or at my task list, and then I'm off for the day. But it's been that same sequence for probably 50 to 60 days now. And I felt like my day has been solid. Mm -hmm. And I know that all those little things are setting me up to be able to, you know, provide the best service for other people because I'm taking care of myself first, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's been a huge, huge, huge productivity uh, amplifier for me. 
is taking that time to really figure out what works and then go from there. Because no matter what, let's say you had a crappy night of eating or, you know, you had that cheat meal. Well, guess what? The next day you're going right back to what, to mm-hmm. what, to what works mm-hmm. and you're not letting that delay, you know, all the way till the next Monday. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's kind of like where I'm at right now with my, with my morning sequence. And th- that's been huge. It's been yeah. huge. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see how much that changes once the race is done. Yeah. Because it's like, right. in my mind, a lot of times when you, when you, you know, work towards something as hard as you're working towards something and you accomplish it and you get there motivation, in my mind, it's like, all right, Here I'm going to have, you know, a week of just whatever I want to eat and how hard I want, you know, whatever stupid shit I want to do. Uh, oh, for sure. That's going to be there for that week after. Right. And then it's like, all right, like how hard, and here's, here's the tough part. For most people, especially as you get older, like you're, you're a young gunner, you're motivated by all these things, but at some point, how do we create that mindset that you have right now with this hundred mile race on the, on the horizon? How do you maintain that mindset every single day throughout the rest of your life? Right? Like me at 45 years old, I'm no longer necessarily motivated individually by accomplishing yeah. tasks, right? Like it's just not where I'm at in my headspace. So it's like, how can I stay um, not motivated, right? But disciplined enough, right? right? It's that whole, uh, um, what's his name? Who's the guy? Which uh, guy? Discipline equals freedom. Oh, uh, Jocko, Jocko. Yeah. right? It's, it's, you're not going to be motivated every day. Are you disciplined enough to do what you need to do, right? right? Forget motivation. Motivation has nothing to do with it. But how do I stay disciplined enough to keep doing the routines that are important when there isn't necessarily a big event that I'm grinding for, right? My right. big event is just to feel good, look good, uh, provide the best services possible for my coaching responsibilities and for my family, Right. And that's to me, that's the hard part. Right. Because it's it's easy to a certain extent to be motivated when I have. Right. And you and I were talking yesterday, like you're already looking at the next big thing, the next big challenge. Right. Right. But at some point, those challenges are going to be gone. Right. To a certain extent. Now, you could be like your dad and keep running 100 miles and, you know, running marathons all over the world. I know he's leaving for what? Berlin tomorrow, tomorrow, uh, which is insane. Um but like for for most of the population, how can we continue to stay motivated when we don't have right those things, those drivers, those things out there kind of pushing us? That's that's the hard part, right? That's and that's what I would say ninety nine percent of the general population really struggle with. I would say for a lot of people who are internally motivated, you know that that have been around, you know, the strength and conditioning field or have been active for the majority of their life, they typically have like a smaller event, whether that's like a 5k, a fun run, you know, obstacle course race or whatever. Yeah. And people could keep doing this for years and they years can, and years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you're right. You know, how do you get the person who hasn't had any active lifestyle be able to stay consistent? Um, that's, you know, th- that, that's something that I guess from a, a training and coaching standpoint, I've always struggled with was trying to figure out like, how can we motivate this person? Right to be able to stay consistent to their goals, to not have to keep repeating this vicious cycle of having to repeat every single Monday. And, you know, and, and to the points where, you know, they'll lose five pounds during the week, then they'll gain back five pounds on the weekend and lose five pounds. Well, and like, then you hear the excuse, right? Well, you know, fuck it. I just, I just want to be happy. So I'm just going to eat what I want to eat and do what I want to do. And, you know, right. which is bullshit. Right, right, right. Yeah. So you're so right. Like how, how do you, how do you create that discipline? And I think that, I think the answer really, you know, comes down rooted to like, what do you enjoy like the most out of, uh, not, not, not necessarily training, but 
just movement. Like, yeah. are you somebody that enjoys to go out and get out on a hike? Are you somebody that go, you know, that enjoys getting out on a bike ride with the family? Are you somebody that likes to hang out with your grandkids? Yeah. And you see like the activities that you're doing that that they're doing. Is that something that you feel like you would have a greater quality of life uh, if you were to participate with them? Yeah. And that right there could sometimes be more than enough motivation to want to feel like they're a part of you. You're a part of something Mm -hmm. versus just saying like, all right, I'm just going to sit this one out. Oh, that's too, that's too tall of a hill. I don't want to go climb that. I'm just going to stand back over here. Like that to me is more than enough, more than enough for, um, you know, motivation for somebody to want to come into the gym or get out each morning and go for a two mile walk. Yeah. I think that's wildly important. It's interesting as we're sitting here talking, the, the only thing that kind of is rolling into my mind is like goal setting. Yeah. And how, like, I think as way we're talking about it and the way people view like goal setting, I think it's bullshit, right? Because it's, it's, it's in our world, in the fitness world, in the fitness industry, everything is short term, right? Everything is short term. And I used to say this all the time to people, like if you walk into a globo gym or any gym and the first thing that you're, you know, pushed on, the first thing that's pushed on you is like this, this lose 30 pounds in 30 days challenge, or how much weight can we lose in 45 days? challenge it's it's those people that a don't care about you b they know you're going to be a repeat customer because customer because the statistics on you know the faster we lose weight the faster we gain it back and then some but the idea of goal setting as uh, a means to an end i think is bullshit right because we get to the goal say if you the goal is to lose 25 pounds right and you lose 25 pounds then what yeah then then what happens then what right and again if we if we look at fitness health wellness quality of life uh, longevity all those things on this long spectrum of 100 years on this earth right like what happens after that point what happens after we finish the 100 mile race what happens after i lose my 25 pounds right and i feel like there's so much emphasis on that 6 8 12 week window that we lose sight of the grand scheme of things. So the idea of setting goals is is great in in the sense that it keeps you driven and motivated um, and disciplined to work towards something. But then I think as important, if not more important, is what are the steps we're going to take afterwards for maintenance of those things? When the statistics show that like something like 70% of weight loss is regained within a very short amount of time and then added weight to it, right? Like that tells us that there is no, no planning for, for the long-term, you know, objective of a high right. quality of life. So, you know, I think coaches and trainers and, and people who are in the industry need to do a much better job of, you know, Hey, you've lost 20 pounds. Great. What's next? Yeah. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Like what's next? Like we see it all the time. Like I, I'm working with an athlete in California and he's got back issues and he's been two years now trying to deal with these back issues. We're going to put together like a 12 week plan for him to get back. But then it was, and he had, and it was him that asked the question. He's like, all right, so in 12 weeks, I'm going to feel great. I know it. I trust you. What, how, how are we going to maintain it? How are we going to maintain it? Right. I had a situation with another athlete who's got terrible ankle eversion problems. His arch of his foot collapsed when he does every squatting movement. Anytime he gets a load past 70%, ankles collapse, knees follow, hips follow, and it's starting to impact him now. And so a year ago, or probably two years ago, we went through probably eight months of corrective exercises. He was religious about it was making, then we stopped the corrective exercises because he was good, right? Everything, he was maintaining positions. Now, guess what? He's gotten stronger. And as a result, the problems that were 
you know, here two mm-hmm. years ago because we stopped fixing them. He's gone, reverted back. So now we're back to phase one again because me, I did a shit job as a coach and didn't give him anything to Maintain. keep yeah. to keep that stuff that we ingrain, whether it's physiological or neurological, like we didn't keep those patterns. We didn't keep training those things, right? And think about it from a common sense perspective. I mean, if we do power cleans and then you stop doing power cleans, right. you're not going to be as strong at doing power cleans, right? right? Or as efficient at doing power cleans. Now, we can get into a big discussion about training age and how that impacts, you know, your ability to kind of get back to where you were. But again, I think the idea of goal setting, it's important to its extent, but only is good. And I, again, I'm not talking about running a 100-mile race. I'm talking about for general health and, right. and quality of life and longevity and those types of things. Like, what's the plan after we accomplish the goal? Yeah. Yeah, and I you see a lot of weight loss goals. If you're right, losing, the lo- thing, losing right? twenty people want to lose weight. Everybody. But, but why do you want to lose weight? Right. And I think that the answer, a lot of it, lies into that people want to feel fit and do and, and and do what uh, fit people do. And what do fit people do? They're active. They get out. They play sports recreationally. Um, that they're a lot of people you'll notice too are following you know, social media accounts of people on their weight loss journeys. Again, that's cool stuff because let's say you're on a weight loss journey and you want to feel, uh, uh, you want to feel inspired and motivated by that person's progress because you're on the same track. Yeah, that's good. But again, to Tom's point, what are you going to do, you know, when you lose that 25 pounds of you feeling fit, you finally get into that, what, what are you going to do with it? So it's like the application of that. Like, what, what, right. what, what, what are you going to apply all this awesome stuff to to make you continue to maintain, if not continue to progress? Uh, and at the end of the day, what's going to make you happy? Yeah, I think I think your motivation, and I keep using that word, and I hate that I keep using that word. Your discipline to keep doing things, I think, has to be ingrained in your ethos, right? Like, it has to be part of who you are as a person. And that's easy for um, us to say, though, like ethos and all, like you know, like your why and whatnot, because we've been around this and. We've been doing this day in and day out, but for like the, you know, the average person who's off the street, like they don't, they may not have that ethos or they've, they may have never sat down and been like, what do I actually value? Like what, what, what are, what are my core values that I believe in? Yeah. And to, you know, to have that ingrained within you to develop that discipline, like, Hey, like this is the reason why, you know, I believe heavily in, in, in integrity and, and honesty and whatever it is, um, and being upfront with people. I think that that, I think that that's important to have those. It's I, it's I very very important. I agree. Um, but yeah, again, like c- come back to like the main the main point. You know, I guess you could say to like wrap this up is how could we stop this vicious cycle that people are on of hey, I I, I trained twice in one week or you know maybe I wanted to wait until next Monday. Like how do we, you know, to to answer that like how do we stop this vicious cycle for people? And again, to uh, to kind of bring into summary, having your ethos. Having your reasons why, you know, when you when you found the success originally, and, and you found your success after following your twelve to sixteen week training plan or whatever you're following, you know, what are you doing to maintain that? You know, because at the end of the day, great, you lost thirty pounds, but we don't want to gain back thirty five pounds, and it's like ninety two percent or some yeah, it's, wild it's statistic. Astounding, it's astounding statistic, yeah. People gain way more weight back than they lost. And it, and it all has to do with how you do it, right? The right. faster you lose it, the greater the, the greater potential is to put it all back on. Right. But people aren't patient enough to lose a pound a week or half a pound a week, right, to get to their goals. Right, it's right, not, right. It's not fast enough, right? Right. Um, 
And, 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 you know, you were talking about some of the physio. I mean, there's a lot of, we don't want to say it's as easy as mindset and, you right. know, in terms of weight loss, there's a lot of physiological factors that are involved and, and, you know, um, and maybe we can get into the science of some of that stuff at a, at, a, at another podcast, but you know, um, I don't know, man, it's all good stuff. Yeah. The, it's, this it's all good stuff. This book I'm reading, the slight edge, it, the whole, the whole premise behind the book right now is it's trying to teach people and let them know that what brought them success in the first place was a direct result of what got them there. It wasn't, you know, them having to reinvent the wheel and whatnot. And for people that truly have long-term success, they have to keep doing what got them there. You know, like just because you got done with 16 weeks doesn't mean that you stopped doing it. Yeah. Right. Like what got you there? Let's keep doing that. You might have to amend the plan a little bit. And again, that's the beautiful thing about having like a coach, especially in like art industry is to keep somebody motivated long-term to like, all right, hey, you just got done with goal number one, what's goal number two? Like, what what are we going for now? And then yeah. having a plan in place for you to be able to keep going, like, that's important. Like, the little successes each day, you have to maintain that. Otherwise, again, you're just gonna revert back. But Boom, mic drop. Boom. Guys, thank you so much for joining today on this beautiful morning in Avon, Ohio. If you guys liked it, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you guys later. Thanks, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to the Strong Talk Podcast. If you like what you heard, please share with a friend and leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify. This allows us to share our conversations with more people and positively influence our fitness communities. If there are any topics you want to hear from us, drop us a message on Instagram at Coach Tom Rini, that's R-I-N-I, or at Peter Nelson II, and we can take a deep dive. Again, thank you for listening and continue to be better.